good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter, Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanjahade. Hey, Kadagita, all my friends and relatives. Can you hear me, uh, Brett? Uh, Okay, yeah, you can hear me good. Hey, uh, we had a little technical difficulties. That happens when uh, the weather is really hot out here and uh, with global warming and all that. But I just was, uh, I did this really uh, cool reading that you guys didn't hear. But I just wanted to say, hey, we're going to have Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan check in. And this was pre ICWA, so she won't be talking much about ICWA. And we have talked about it, but I think it's important to always put up her, her, her post that she sends us uh, exclusively here on Native Brits Radio. We're going to have Wendy on, and of course Nancy Bolio is going to check in and finish up what we were talking about uh, yesterday. But uh, can you hear me, all right, Haley? I got you now, Dega. I don't know. Yeah, I got you. I can hear you loud and clear now. Strange. Hey, yeah. I just wanted. I was talking a little bit about, and I, I guess I was talking to myself. Uh, about uh, Sean Sherman winning this uh, Julia Child uh, Award. And uh, I just want to congratulate him, too. And I'm getting this off of Julia Child. And you're probably too young to know who Julia Child is. But uh, uh, she has an interesting, long uh, history. I only knew her as a, uh, like on PBS, she was a uh, a chef and uh, in the 70s and early 80s. And oh, okay. finding out more about her as uh, time passed, I think she was like a spy, too, during World War II. But anyway, she was known when I was a kid as this chef and a really popular chef around the country based out of England. And there's an award, obviously, that came out in June, and I'm reading off Julia Child's uh, Facebook page. And they want to congratulate to the chef, uh, award-winning cook. Book author and activist Sean Sherman on being named the 2023 Julia Child Award recipient. That's the first Native American chef to receive this award. Sherman is an Ogala and and a a tribal member and founder of North American Traditional Indigenous Food Systems, a nonprofit organization that works to educate and empower indigenous communities. And, of course, he's in that award-winning Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis, uh, uh, Owamni uh, uh, eatery that's uh, just uh, been totally packed and hard to get a seat for over a year and a half now. And uh, it says, uh, continues, Sherman has uh, reshaped the culinary landscape and played a pivotal role in fostering food, Native Food Sovereignty, the Julia Child Award, is accompanied by a $50,000 grant from the Julia Child uh, Foundation for uh, uh, Culinary Arts, which will go to his nonprofit and support Indigenous Food Lab, a professional kitchen and training center expanding access to education about Indigenous foods. Sherman will be formally presented this award October 24th as a, pa- a part of a gala to support the Smithsonian Food History Project at the National Museum of American History. That's wow. just a, 
another another award to, to latch on there, and we're really excited. We'll probably get Sean on soon. I always talk to him. I see him at the restaurant, and before he was really famous, I, he uh, talked to me. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> we're going to get him on, and uh, uh, I've eaten at his restaurant many times. And prior to that, he did it in a good way, too. Prior to that, he had a uh, food truck. Uh, oh, that was okay. all around, uh, and I think it was called Tanka something, which means uh, bison in Lakota Dakota language. And uh, so we'll get him on and, and talk about this because he's been winning a lot of awards, uh, Haley, and uh, we're excited uh, that he's supporting native and food sovereignty and, uh, you know, yeah. real food so that he, we've eaten. Yeah, so he makes all of his food without flour. Uh, without wheat flour, dairy, cane sugar, black pepper, or any other ingredients introduced to the continent after Europeans arrived. So exactly. Cool. Very cool. And uh, don't forget, he has crickets in his salad, too. So I know you're a little picky eater there, Haley, so you might I not am. want to have those crickets yeah. in there. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. Hey, up next, uh, Nancy Bolio of MN350. We're going to finish our, finish our conversation from yesterday. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And, and some, some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. End-of-life decisions are not easy to make. Hi, I'm Mary T. of Mary T. Hospice Care. It's important to make sure that this difficult time is meaningful and comforting to you and your loved ones. Our hospice team provides an individualized program of physical, emotional, spiritual, and practical care so your loved one is comfortable and not in pain. At Mary T. Hospice, we understand that choosing the right hospice care provider can be overwhelming. But we're here to assist you. Learn more today at MaryTInc.com. Uh, Leonard Peltier, I am in uh, Colvin 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. 
Hey, it's like deja vu all over again. We got Nancy Bolio on here, and uh, we we had to quickly get her in and out yesterday because uh, she was celebrating Juneteenth. But we wanted to invite her back because there's some information up there uh, in the deep north that's been going on that we want to like get out to everybody. And uh, you know, Nancy's always a very popular. Uh, uh, guest, uh, people love listening to her, so we got her back on here. Before we get any uh, further, though, with Nancy, I just want to say, Shantina uh, said that uh, Sherry Pocanet, uh, uh and I, from Rhode Island, won the James Beard Award this year for Best Chef in the Northeast category. Uh, that's awesome, and we were just talking about Sean, Sean Sherman. Hey, Nancy, welcome to Native Ritz Radio. Bonjour. Always a pleasure to be here, Robert. And for all you listeners out there, again, I'm Nancy Bolio. I'm from Leech Lake here in northern Minnesota, and I've been a northern organizer for Minnesota 350 for just about six years. And um, I guess I couldn't ask for a better place to be. And um, some of the things we've done in the last six years, Robert, it's been you know, a little challenging at times. There's been a lot of, you know, resistance on behalf of, you know, our elected officials, you know, on the state and the tribal side. But I, I think um, most importantly, it's um, how we show up and assert our treaties. Because again, it's not a crime to assert our treaty rights. They're supreme law of the land, treaties. Yeah, definitely. So, hey, uh, what's been going on up there? I know, uh, uh, things are always cooking. I know it's warm, global warming. Is it smoky up there like it is down here? I was just in Wisconsin, Black River. It's just as smoky all over Turtle Island here with this global warming and fires all over the place. Right. The world is on fire. and 90 degrees here in northern Minnesota. I think it's the same for Minneapolis as well. But you got to drink a lot of this, Robert. Water yeah. is life. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, so anyhow, um, you know, some of our listeners and, and some of our followers on Facebook have, um, knew we were down um, occupying a sugar bush back this spring, and our intention was to... Oh, did we just we just lose Nancy? I, this heat uh, wave and everything. Oh, there she is. She's I'm still uh, here. Yeah, okay, we lost know. you for a second. Oh, we lost her again. This is... Uh, the, we're going to blame it on the heat, Haley. It's all the heat. It's yeah. The heat. I, I think I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm back. back. <laughs> yeah. I'm still here. Like, Robert, we're all still here, right? But, um, right. yeah, so any, anyway, back in um, spring, uh, it was brought to our attention by one of our spiritual people that um, there was a part of a, a state force in the Buena Vista State Force that was scheduled to be logged out, uh, just a little over 600 acres. And um, Zach Early of White Earth, uh, he's a storyteller. And, you know, he's telling the migration and the creation story over and over and like he does. And, you know, he got curious one day and decided to go check out where these stories originate from. And, you know, little did I know, and most of us, um, that, those stories originate from the Turtle River area, which is only um, a mile from my house. And the camp was uh, located two miles away from where I reside. Well, it was sold at one point, um, and the logger failed to 
log it out so the GNR was putting him back up for a bid um, this spring. And when it was brought to our attention that, you know, they were going to do some logging back there, we thought we had to go down and assert our treaty, and we did that by sugar bushing. And it was actually an opportunity for some of us to learn how to sugar bush. It was my first sugar bush experience. And it was also a way that we can call in community to say it's okay to assert treaties. It's not a crime. And we don't need a state permit to to harvest sap, you know, from the right. maple trees. Um, we held space. And uh, during that time, we also went to the DNR, our, the head forestry guy, um, Adam Houston Tiger of the uh, Bemidji region. And we educated him on some Treaty 101. And we also shared some stories with him to um, build awareness of the cultural significance of that particular area. And we have set up, successfully set up a meeting with the DNR and key stakeholders within White Earth, Red Lake, and Leech Lake. So the Maday creation, migration stories originate from there. The Red Lake crossing went through there at one time, the, the Red Lake Trail through the, uh, wow. you know, along the Turtle River. So there's cultural significance for the Anishinaabe there, and we're doing um, what it takes to preserve it. So um, our, our goal is to put it in the trust. So we're going to call it Land Back, just like my shirt says, Robert, Land Back. Right yeah, and uh, we have invited the Leech Lake, Red Lake, and White Earth Tribal Historic Preservation Officers, our DRM, our DRMs, that's the Department of Resource Management, and tribal officials to this conversation with the DNR here in Bemidji on July 11th. And what we're going to do is talk about why treaties matter, and we're going to talk uh, about the cultural significance of the area, and what can we do as treaty people, Native and non-Native people, to preserve that particular area as a heritage site. So next year we can have sugar bush, we can do a ceremony there, and we can just collectively hold space there in a good way year-round. Wow, that's a big, big, big victory. I don't think uh, uh, people realize that as listening to this. This is amazing. And with the good intentions that you guys came in there made this happen because if we were all, like, protesty and mean and throwing stuff, this would not happen. So good for you. Good one on you, Nancy. Right. And, you know, and I want to thank the elders and the treaty keepers and all the, the good people that brought awareness to this, you know, particular area. And again, it's about those relationships. And I can't stress it enough how, you know, important it is to respect our differences, have those hard conversations, and be good treaty people, regardless of what our worldview is personally. Because, you know, not every white person or non-Native person agrees with us that, that place should be held, um, you know, and protected in the way that we, we'd like to see it as a heritage site. So, again, um, it was those relationships that we built before we went in and held space there. And, it, you know, it comes from Firelight, Camp Firelight, Robert. We won yeah. our treaty case. And it, right there, again, I'm going to remind people, that case proved that the state of Minnesota lacks subject matter jurisdiction over the Anishinaabe protecting their natural resources on or off the reservation, 
this sugar bush is on seated in seated territory mm. adjacent to the Leech Lake Reservation. So again, it's that trust responsibility on behalf of the government that we are going to call out in a good way, Robert. And yeah. that's through that conversation. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I just got to give a full disclosure, too. Before you guys held camp on the Mississippi, that's when I met Jane Fonda and had her say, you're listening to Native Roots Radio. So that was a good time up there. And then towards the end of that, that's when you guys walked over there and held camp for those many days. But uh, I got to witness the beginning of that. Right. And, you know, um, line three did go through, but I think, you know, just the court win itself is really going to expand on um, what's going to happen next in, in future court, you know, proceedings or, mm-hmm. you know, holding space like the sugar bush. It really opened the door to have that meaningful converse, conversation and, you know, consulting with the tribes is what's best because, you know, um, we were here first, Robert. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the vibe I'm getting here in Minnesota. You know, we have uh, our issues and, I'm happy we don't live in Wisconsin because it's such a red state and they, you know, they, it's just a different vibe. And, you know, we have our issues with our politicians, but we keep them honest and, uh, and, uh, move forward. And a lot of things have moved forward in a good way. And I'm counting this as one, Nancy. Yeah. You know, I, I can't be more excited. Um, Again, you know, it, it took a lot of good people to make that happen. And, you know, moving forward, I think it's just the beginning of, of other things that we're going to be doing to, you know, onboard these non-Native treaty people to res- to respect our self-determination. Because, again, um, we have to think about our power and take our power back as individuals. And that goes back to our inherent sovereignty as individuals. We, we are power. And collectively, uh, if we put that together... Um, we're a bigger force, you know. Exactly. You, you know, when I, the- I, go ahead. We only got a minute left here, and you kind of skipped out a second. I just have to say one thing when it comes to elections, and I know we talk about elections, but we also talk about, you know, where, where sovereignty and things like that. We outnumber the negative people out there, so we just have to stay vigilant and speak our truth like you always do. Right, and you know what? Moving into uh, elections 2024, we're going to build our power treaty style, and we're going to show up and have those treaty conversations. And if we 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 look past 2024, if things don't work for us, Robert, we might have to create our own party. And you know what that is? It's the Treaty People Party, and that's how I'm hey. going to end today. Oh no! All right, hey Nancy, thanks for stopping back in. Really exciting information. Next week we'll po- probably talk about the history of tr- uh, of uh, unions because I'm a former union teacher, as you know. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Hey, that was Nancy Bolio of MN350. Up next, we're gonna hear get a little segment from the Lieutenant Governor and uh, speak on what she talked about. Uh, during her her little piece that she sends us and uh, then Wendy Pilot with our sacred animal section we'll be right back after the short break stay with us J&S Bean Factory is a native owned community supported cozy artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on site beans live music and baked goods relax in the beautiful outside patio City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. 
When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org slash careers. I love my Toyota vehicles, so when it's time for me to get my service done, there's only one place I go. Rudy Luther Toyota. They know Toyota's inside and out. It starts with them checking your alignment and tire treads with their Hunter Quick Check Drive Inspection Service. Oil changes, tires, batteries, wipers, no matter what you need done, they can help you with reliable Toyota parts and the best service team in Minnesota. Check out their website, RudyLutherToyota.com, for service and parts specials just for Toyota vehicles. Get your Toyota serviced at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. At Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we have wood stoves that qualify for the new 30% income tax credit, a great opportunity to get an efficient stove and heat with renewable energy. Right now, avoid supply chain delays, avoid the fall rush, avoid bad weather installation, and save money because we are now discounting the price on all chimney parts you need for installation for any of Woodland's new stoves and fireplaces. We can help you with the stove and the chimney planning. Want to do it yourself? We will help you determine all the parts needed with our installation know-how. We have been installing wood stoves and fireplaces for over 45 years. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood, gas, and electric units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. Save money. Take advantage of the spring and summer chimney discounts when you buy any fireplace product right now at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Clear tonight with a low of 66, then hot sunshine again on Wednesday with a high of 90. If you've been waiting to replace those appliances, don't miss Warner Stellion's lowest prices of the season. Score instant savings, then up to 10% off, and a bonus for each additional appliance you buy. Put us to the test at warnerstellion.com. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. 
This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. Hey, you know, I just got to tell you a little story, Haley. Uh, you know, we're blessed to have the lieutenant governor drop us a uh, a segment once every couple weeks and uh, really feel proud to have her do that. And I feel like uh, Native Roots Radio has come a long way. She's been on our show for many times over the years. Uh, I know Wendy has gone and uh, interviewed her at some actions and uh, things things like that, and she's really open to us. So I feel really blessed uh, that the lieutenant governor uh, drops us a segment. And I just want to say, too, this segment was dropped last week, and we didn't play it. Uh, and one of the reasons why is uh, ICWA just happened, and uh, she did not know that when she did record that. But I, I feel like, you know, uh, that she always has such good energy and good things to say that I want to uh, run that today. And then we can just kind of discuss uh, discuss a little bit about what she had to say. But uh, I, I'm just really proud, Haley, to have the lieutenant governor um, come to us um, once every two weeks or so. Yeah, she gives the best updates. And, and I, I think we're really thankful as the state of Minnesota to have her representing um, our communities at the Capitol. And yeah, I agree. I think we really appreciate the segments and the news that she comes on the show and shares with everybody. So why don't we, without any further ado, have uh, Peggy Flanagan's update. Uh, let her roll. I mean, this is Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. I'm joining Native Roots Radio with an update from the Walls Flanagan administration. I hope you've all had a chance to enjoy this beautiful summer weather. Here in Minnesota, we're so fortunate to have access to beautiful natural resources, and summer is one of the best times to enjoy them. From the abundant produce available at grocery stores and farmers markets, to lakes and streams for swimming and fishing, to state parks with beautiful trails and recreational opportunities. But we know that the things we love most about Minnesota are threatened by climate change. Last week, I had the incredible honor to address the National Congress of American Indians during their mid-year conference hosted here at the Shakopee, Midewakanton, Dakota community in Minnesota, Makoche. The theme of this conference was our climate future. We know that the impacts of climate change are not shared equally, but rather are most deeply felt by tribes, by urban indigenous communities and communities of color. We know that tribes are national leaders in climate change work, and tribal governments and indigenous people are key partners in the state's work to prepare for climate change, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and grow clean jobs. Last year, the climate sub-cabinet agencies visited tribes to learn about their priorities and plans around climate. Some of these priorities included climate change vulnerability assessments and adaptation plans, EV charging, solar energy, carbon sequestration, food sovereignty, in energy benchmarking, invasive species removal, stormwater infrastructure evaluation, and wildfire response. During summer and into fall of 2023, the subcabinet is continuing visits with tribal nations to listen, to learn, to build and strengthen relationships, to identify partnership opportunities, and to identify support needs around our shared climate goals. And because of ongoing conversations with tribal nations, this year, the legislature passed several proposals to address long-standing needs expressed by tribal governments for resources to advance their own climate change priorities, including 
the creation of the Tribal Advocacy Council on Energy within the Department of Commerce to work collectively on energy issues. $4 million to establish a new tribal assistance program at the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency to help tribal governments when applying for and managing environmental or climate grants. Updating state statutes in several places to provide explicit tribal consultation requirements for the Board of Soil and Water Resources for permitting. We all know that supporting the work of tribal nations on climate benefits everyone in Minnesota and across the country, and it takes all of us working in partnership to make the urgent progress we need. Another significant area of progress from this legislative session is investments in ending the opioid crisis. We know that the urban native community and tribes have been hard hit by opioid addiction. In fact, American Indian Minnesotans are 10 times more likely to die from a drug overdose than white Minnesotans. That is an unacceptable fact. In order to avoid more deaths, Minnesota will need to take more action overall and we must increase accessibility of culturally specific services to serve our disproportionately impacted communities. It's not either or, it's yes and. This comprehensive approach is why we appointed a new addiction and recovery director and community-driven advisory council to get to state government to work across silos and get at real solutions for this crisis. And we passed a budget that includes ongoing funding for traditional healing grants to help support culturally informed care for addiction, recovery, and healing. We also were able to get one new seat on the Opioid Epidemic Response Advisory Council for a representative from the urban Indian community and require the advisory council visit each tribal nation annually. Our intention is that we will strengthen the council's ability to pursue solutions that are embedded in community needs and responsive to community asks. Lastly, we made huge strides to our community to keep our community safe and advance justice with the adult use cannabis bill signing. We know that prohibition hasn't worked and has disproportionately harmed communities of color across our state. The use and possession of cannabis for adults 21 and older, including growing plants at home, will be legal beginning August 1st, 2023. Most importantly, this bill expunges nonviolent cannabis convictions, removes barriers that prevents thousands of Minnesotans from fully returning to work, communities, and lives, and takes the next steps to provide funding for communities most impacted by the criminalization of cannabis. Additionally, the bill contains several provisions that include the voices of our tribal governments. The bill creates clear legal status for tribal medical cannabis programs, authorizes the governor to enter compacts with tribes, and ensures that there will be no sales tax or cannabis gross receipt tax on reservations. With so many important victories from this historic legislative session, I'll continue to update Native Roots Radio with more details in the coming weeks. Chini Gutch, Pina Gigi, and back to you. Wow, uh, we love uh, Lieutenant Governor, don't we, Wendy? My goodness, absolutely, she's the oh, best. My goodness, that was awesome, uh, just awesome. And again, uh, these updates are are, are just spot on, mm-hmm. and what uh, we're doing in the Minnesota is just so far ahead. And like I was saying uh, before to you, Wendy, when I was in Wisconsin, I'm seeing the the Wisconsin Democratic Convention, uh, there was so much talk about how lucky we are here. And mm-hmm. uh, at the at the uh, place where she spoke, she mentioned that she spoke, um, in uh, Shakopee, uh, the governor spoke on the last day mm-hmm. and got a standing ovation from Native Americans from all over Turtle Island. Nice. 
That's great. It is. And uh, wow, we're truly blessed to have her stop in. And uh, hey, why don't you give us a little uh, little tease of what you're going to talk to us about on the next segment, Wen? Well, it's not something that's happy. Whoa. It's, you know, we have to come to reality sometimes and talk about the doom and the gloom. And the reason why we have to do that is so that we could be aware of what's going on so that we mm-hmm. could do something about it. So... Sacred uh, animal section. A sacred animal secret section, yes, and it has to do with our sacred horses. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about our horses and how you could help them. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, what's um, going on with them? Yeah. I can't wait to, to talk about that. Yeah, uh, the Humane Society of the United States often asks people to sign petitions. They have certain campaigns going on. Uh, they want to bring awareness about what's what's happening in the an- animal world. So this will come directly from the Humane Society of the United States. I know a few years ago, remember we were talking about, we got a couple minutes before mm-hmm. we go to segment, what we yeah. were talking about the wild horses Mm -hmm. and then them being snatched up and euthanized. Yes. Well, they were taken off the plains so that cattle could come and graze Yeah, because the ranchers have a lot of power in in the uh, U.S. government, (laughs) a lot of lobbying power. But yeah, but what we're going to talk about is our horses, how we could help them. And just uh, just very quickly, the Humane Society of the United States. A lot of people get it confused with mm-hmm. animal humane societies because their names are so similar. Right. Uh, but the Humane Society of the United States is the big, large um, organization, and it uh, helps all types of animals. And we do not adopt out cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. We do not have shelters where people could come in and adopt um, out animals. What we work on is policy. Policy. Mm-hmm. So we work on bringing laws, humane laws, to help the animals. Yeah, I just and then, need to remind people that because it is very confusing. The names are very, very similar. Well, one of the things I know I don't think you can talk about, but one of the things that's exciting about you being with them is they have updates about mm-hmm. maybe politicians that aren't for certain things yes. and things like that that – not as it's not in the news every day and it's here on native roots radio you bring these things up yeah actually you could go on the humane society of the united states page and you could look up it's called a humane scorecard yes so it's a scorecard and you could go on and see how your representatives um and the people who represent you are voting for animal issues so there's all kinds of animal issues that happen and all kinds of bills that get put forth right in front of their face mm-hmm. and they vote and it's public knowledge. You get to see how they're voting. So if you see that they're not voting in a certain way and you want to um, want them to vote otherwise, you need to contact them and, and have a conversation. Maybe they just need a little education on, on the subject. You know. And I know one of the things, too, that when we've looked at that scorecard over the years, mm-hmm. we've been surprised both ways. Yes, we have. Both ways, yep. meaning for and against mm-hmm. uh, certain people you thought, oh, they were against this, but... Right. They're for it and then vice versa. Right. I mean, like, for instance, the wolf hunt. You could go on and see how your politicians have voted on the wolf hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of different animal things. I can't – I don't have them on the top of my head. No. I could look it up. But, um, yeah, so we, we're going to talk about our sacred horses when yeah. we come back at the sacred animal section tonight. Right on. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. And things are just heating up here on Native Ritz Radio. Wendy's got – her horse segment and I 
and I got a feeling I know what it's about, but you never know, right, Wendy? I'll let you guess. <laughs> uh, when we come back? <laughs> yes. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm woke, and I'm glad to be here. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Oh, Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I want to tell you about a better, more environmentally friendly way to care for your lawn with Natural Lawn. Natural Lawn has been treating Minnesota lawns for more than 20 years with organic-based natural products that feed the soil without unnecessary chemicals. That means an envy-worthy, healthier lawn that's safer for your family and your furry friends. Natural Lawn has no contracts and is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So let Natural Lawn handle your lawn care so you can enjoy your lawn. More at naturallawn.com. Hi, this is Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Good one, Wen. Hey, uh, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many, many years, and, you know, she is tirelessly... And I learned so much uh, from your segments here over the last seven years. So take it away, Wendy. Please introduce yourself. Yes. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. And I did have a nice big Zoom meeting today with my state director. So I'll be working on some fun, well, fun and important issues. And I'll tell you about them as they they come up. But Robert, before we went to break, you were saying you were woke. Yeah. And I just want to say to everybody, you know, being woke is hard. Because when you know what's really going on and what's happening – And you know, like the nitty gritty and the bad stuff that's going on. It's hard. Being woke is hard. 
you know, people who live under a rock and don't watch the news and don't <laughs> want to get involved and just are live in la la land. Really, I mean, the saying "ignorance is bliss" is really, really true. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I think I was a lot happier when I didn't <laughs> know about all this stuff. But I have to know about it because I want to do stuff about it, and I and I don't feel like I could just sit idle and not. Um, you know, do anything about it. Well, so I don't want to. I don't want to take any time from your segment, but mm-hmm. I've always been a big political uh, fan. But I think you helped me get woke uh, a few presidential elections mm-hmm. ago, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So today, what I'm talking about, and this is directly from the Humane Society of the United States, and I want to talk about horse slaughter. Now, I know it's not a really good. Uh, subject and it's not a happy one, but but don't hang up yet. Keep keep uh, keep listening. Um, so each year, thousands of American equines, working horses, racing horses, and companion horses, donkeys, mules, and even children's ponies are horrifically slaughtered for human consumption. Mm. Yeah, they are inhumanely. Uh, transported long distances across our borders because here in in the United States we do not have any horse slaughterhouses but you know what we're just as bad because we're sending them to Canada we're sending them to Mexico to get slaughtered so they're inhumanely transported long distances across our borders in cramped trailers without food water or rest mm. now if you go on the Humane Society of the United States and you just Google uh, horse slaughter, there is a petition uh, that you could just sign and it will go to your representatives to let them know that you don't want this to happen. And this is what the letter says. Horse slaughter is unnecessary and inhumane. Many horses suffer terrible injuries during long distance transport in cramped trailers without food, water, or rest. At the slaughter plant, horses rarely experience quick painless deaths due to their anatomy and their instinctual flight response to danger. Furthermore, this issue is a threat to consumers since known kill buyers, these are people who buy these Mm. horses, they're called kill buyers, they pose as horse dealers and rescuers. Yeah, thus tricking responsible horse owners into selling their horses into the slaughter pipeline. Horses have stood by us as loyal companions throughout history, and we owe it to them to protect them from abuse. So this is what the Humane Society is urging you to completely ban the domestic slaughter and export of horses abroad for slaughter for human consumption by supporting the SAFE Act. It's S-A-F-E. Act and it stands for Save Americans Forgotten Equines Whoa. or Safe Act. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple more things that you could do to help the, help um, know about the slaughter of horses in the United States and what you can do. So you can help keep cruel horse horse slaughter out of the United States and protect people from the threat of toxic horse meat. With these simple steps. So tell your legislators, yes. call, email, visit your legislators. It's really easy. You could just even make a phone call them and it takes five, not even five minutes. You leave a voicemail and they hear what you have to say. Urge them to co-sponsor the SAFE Act to end horse slaughter. These are the most important points to make when you talk to your uh, representative. So you could tell them horse slaughter is um 
unacceptably inhumane, mm. right? Here's a, a statistic you could tell them. 83% of Americans are opposed to horse slaughter. They don't want horse meat served at the dinner table, and they don't want their tax dollars spent on inspecting meat bound for foreign markets. So right now in the United States, some of your tax dollars are spent on inspecting the meat from the horses that are bound for foreign markets. So, Jeez. yeah, so if that's your only thing that makes you mad about this, that's your point you want to bring to your legislator, mm-hmm. right? Horses are commonly exposed to drugs and other substances that are expressly forbidden for use in animals used for food, making their meat unfit for human consumption. Meat laced with toxic products such as fly sprays and dewormers are dangerous to human health. Horse slaughter plants have been have been linked to air and water pollution lowered property values and increased crime rates in the areas where they are located. So if that just gets you mad, that's your reason, right? You don't have to have them all. You could just have one of these. The SAFE Act would keep U.S. horse slaughter plants shuttered and end the export of horses for human consumption. Um, You could also take your message to social media, go Mm -hmm. on Facebook, Twitter, however you want to do it, speak out on the media and inform the public. So that's that's what I'm here doing yeah, right now, right? Exactly. Um, you could also volunteer with a horse rescue group. You could do all kinds of things. But I think our our legislators, our state senators, our senators mm-hmm. all need to know that we need to get this safe act put into place. Um, uh, you know, to protect our horses. And and the reason um, this also came up. In my mind, because of all the the Belmont stake right. um, horse racing that just happened, and all the horses that die on the ho- horse track, and a lot of these horses, once they're retired, you think that they go to the nice uh, rolling meadows and they yeah. live out their retirement on a farm somewhere upstate New York, where it's beautiful and the air is nice. No, they don't. These kill buyers come in; they get paid per pound. Per pound for the horse, mm-hmm. and they make a lot of money transporting these horses and getting them slaughtered, and then the meat going to foreign countries, um, and these the meat sold to to foreign countries. Now, just imagine like something like that dies, like a squirrel, like that dies in the back mm-hmm. in the back of the house, right? The the squirrel dies in the back of the house, and. How long do you think after that squirrel dies does it start to disintegrate and smell? Pretty quick. Pretty quick, like a I know couple of is. days. If that, If right? that. So could you imagine what they have to do to this meat, right, to yeah. preserve it so that it's safe? So even the meat that you see in the grocery store from cows, I hate to tell you, but yeah. that that's like dead animals that should be like – Rotted and smelly, but it but it looks nice and they have dye in it, dye in it, and all kinds of preservatives, so all kinds of stuff, so that it looks presentable. Um, so right. anyway, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Call your legislator, email them, give them a quick phone call. It takes five minutes, and tell them that you would like them to uh, support the Safe Act and keep our horses. Um, humane. In, you want, we want to keep them humane and treat them humanely. 
perfect. You know, uh, a lot of tribes out there and uh, have uh, their sacred horses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are horse tribes, yeah. basically, you know, and uh, so the horse. I, appreciate that because mm-hmm. they're very sacred uh, to our native uh, community. Absolutely. And we have to remember that mm-hmm. as natives. Absolutely. As natives. They're told in stories and legends and yeah. Hey, thanks Wendy and uh, thanks Lieutenant Governor and thanks Nancy Bolio and thanks Haley Pini Gigi. If you're still if you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred grounds, blood of our ancestors. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Hi, Twin Cities. This is Andy Otto, Executive Director of Twin Cities Pride. I'd like to personally.